Hi, welcome to the Fast Life with Diabetes podcast. My name is Lucy Fisher. On this podcast, we'll discuss everything related to intermittent fasting and type 1 and type 2 diabetes. We'll share tips and tricks and we'll reveal some of the challenges that we've all faced as we go through this journey. We'll also have some fascinating guests that will share their stories. Thanks so much for joining. It's going to be a great show. Also, before we get started, I just want to remind you that I am not a doctor. Before beginning an intermittent fasting protocol or making changes to your medication, I highly recommend that you speak to your doctor. On this episode, we'll discuss my fasting protocol, how I got there, and how I'm maintaining my weight today. So as I said in the last episode, I came back to intermittent fasting in late July 2021, early August. And it was after I listened to the Juice Box podcast episode, which is a podcast all about type 1 diabetes, where the host, Scott Benner, had a guest on named Jen Stevens, and she's the author of Fast, Feast, Repeat, and Delay, Don't Deny, both great books that will help you start your intermittent fasting journey. So he had her on the show, and they were talking about fasting and she had mentioned that she espouses the clean fast which is just drinking water sparkling water green tea or black tea or black coffee during the fast and remember i had been doing the dirty fast the prior time that i had done intermittent fasting in 2019 and that didn't work so well i found myself very hungry i was drinking diet sodas and artificially sweetened beverages the entire time i was fasting and while the reason that she recommends the clean fast when you're intermittent fasting is so that you don't spike insulin levels. And obviously that's not really relevant to us as type ones for type twos. It is relevant because you may have some pancreas function. So if you drink something that has any sort of sweetness to it, even if it's artificially sweetened, it'll trick your brain into thinking that food is coming in and it will boost insulin production, which will then make you hungry. As type 1s, we don't have a functioning pancreas that produces insulin, so even if we get the the sensation that there might be food coming, there's no insulin response, so we can kind of manage things a little bit better in that way. However, I do find that with the clean fast, I'm less hungry during my fasting period. And I didn't realize this until I compared and contrasted the dirty fast versus the clean fast. But during the clean fast, I find myself to be a lot less hungry. I think about food a lot less often than I did when I was dirty fasting. So nowadays, when I say I'm fasting, I'm talking strictly about the clean fast. I only drink water or sparkling water. I'm not a huge fan of coffee or tea, so I don't do the black coffee or the plain black or green tea. But those are options as well if those are things that are interesting to you. So when I first started after listening to the podcast with Scott Benner and Jen Stevens, I decided to start with a 16-8 protocol. So it was fasting for 16 hours and eating for eight hours. And I did that and I crammed two meals into the eight hour eating window. I did a lunch and then a dinner. So I'd probably open my window around noon and then close it at 8 p.m. And all during that eating window, I was eating snacks and two meals. So I was was eating quite a bit. And in fact, I remember at that point when I was doing the 16-8, I had a thought that, I really need to eat as much as possible because I'm not gonna be eating for 16 hours. I need to make sure I didn't have a huge calorie deficit. Obviously those feelings will start to go away over time, but when you first start, don't be surprised if 
you really feel like you need to eat as much as possible during your eating window so that you don't run out of calories or energy during your fasted state. So that's what I was doing. I was eating a lot of food during that eight hour eating window. And so I decided to start tightening up my window. So I went from a 16 hour fast to a 17 hour fast and a seven hour eating window. So I think I kept it open from 12 to seven. And again, I would eat two meals, a lunch and a dinner, and then a bunch of snacks in between. And that worked fine. It was good to, as a way to sort of ease into fasting, but I kept thinking to myself that I should try to fast for more hours. So I, I gradually took away another hour and then another hour, and then I ended up at 19.5. So that means I fast for 19 hours and eat for five hours. And at first, when I was doing 19.5, I tried to eat two meals. So I would open it around noon. So I'd skip breakfast, open around noon, and then eat lunch and then a few snacks and then eat a very early dinner and close my window by five. And I did this for a few days and I was just really stuffed. It's really hard to eat that much food in a five hour eating window to eat two full meals and snacks in a five hour eating window. So I heard about something that people were talking about within the intermittent fasting community called one meal a day or OMAD for short. And people do OMAD in a variety of different ways. The two main ways that people do it are one plate a day where you just have one plate of food a day and typically your eating window is only open for 15 minutes up to an hour. So you have a very short eating window and you only have one plate of food. The other way people do OMAD is a restaurant style, which is open with an appetizer, eat a main course, and then close with dessert if you want it. And that's sort of what I do now, but sort of in a modified approach. So essentially what I would do is open my window, I open and I'll, I'll get more into the times of days, day that I eat now, but I would open my window with some fruit and then eat a main and then some dessert. When I originally started doing OMAD, I would eat dessert at the end of my eating window. And then I noticed that my blood sugars were a little bit unruly after I closed my window and sometimes I'd get lows and have to treat them after I closed my eating window, which really annoyed me. So I, I then moved my dessert up to the eat earlier in the eating window. That way, if there was any fallout from giving myself too much insulin or something like that, I could deal with it while I was still in my eating period. So I would usually eat like a piece of fruit or a yogurt and then a dessert and then my main and then close the window. Over time, however, I noticed that my taste buds had completely changed. I stopped craving as many refined carbs, sugars, things of that nature. So before I would say that my diet and my, the way my brain craved food was like that of a, a teenage girl. Like I just always like fried foods and high and bread and high carb everything and desserts and just lots of food that's not really that nutritious. That's what, that's what I wanted to eat. And once you start tightening up the times of day that you're eating to a few hours, your body starts to realize that if you feed it all of these things that don't have a lot of nutrients, you don't have more time later in the day to make up for the fact that you didn't get all of your required nutrients during your meals. So your body and your brain are smart. They, they start to recalibrate. And so that's exactly what happened to me. So now I find that I crave salads. I crave vegetables, fruit, lean protein, lower carb, just things that are going to make me feel better. And that's, that's not me trying to force my body to do something. That's what my body wants. And I was shocked when it happened because I've never been that way. But I think my body finally took control of the situation and reprogrammed my brain to wanting these things, which is an amazing side effect of intermittent fasting. So now I eat a lot, a much healthier diet. And 
I'm one of those people that would eat and has eaten dessert every single day of her life. I love dessert. I always have. And as I started fasting, especially as I got further into my journey, I just found that I was eating dessert out of habit, not out of desire for dessert. So I find I ended up just cutting dessert out entirely. So now I essentially eat some fruit, usually like a fruit salad to open my window and then maybe, or maybe a yogurt to open my window. And then I'll eat a main. My main usually consists of some sort of carb because I'm not super low carb and some protein and a salad, usually something like that. Like for instance, today I opened my window with some fruit and I had a bag of skinny pop popcorn. And then for my main, I had a salad that had blue cheese and some pears in it and some onions, some walnuts. And then I had rice that had pesto in it. And then I had a, a sandwich, a turkey sandwich with, with some cheese, but the, the bread in the sandwich was cauliflower bread, which essentially had no carbs in it. So even though I did have carbs, I didn't have the, the bread in the, in the sandwich. So it kept it a little bit lower carb. That's essentially what I, I aspire to do nowadays is just have some carb, but not as much as I probably would have otherwise. So essentially that's how my appetite has corrected over time. And I think it's something that I was not really expecting to have happen to me because I've been functioning the way I've been functioning for my whole life. So I just find it very odd that this is actually what I live with now. So that's, that's sort of what I do now. And most of my days, I aspire to have at least a 19 hour fast. And some days I end up longer than 19 hours. In fact, most days I do. If you looked at my fasting app, you'd probably see that I average 21 to 22 hours fasting on a daily basis. And a lot of the times I, I could keep going with the fasting, but I want to get my window open so that I can close it by, I usually close my window by 1230 or one o'clock. So my pattern now is to open at 10 a.m. and then close by 1230, one o'clock. I found that I used to actually have my window open till later in the day. When I was back doing when I was 16.8 or when I was 17.7, even at the beginning of 19.5, my eating window would close later, maybe 7 or 8 p.m. And I found sometimes that I'd be going to bed and my blood sugar would be either high or low. And for those of you that are type one, maybe you can identify with this. You brush your teeth and you're in bed and then your blood sugar's low and so you have to eat something. There's nothing more annoying to me in this world than having a low blood sugar before you're ready to go to bed. So what I did is I decided to move my eating window to earlier in the day. So now I open at 10 and I close around 1230 or one. And that way I have the entire rest of the day to get all of the insulin that's on board, all of the bolus from eating totally out of my system. So I'm nice and smooth when it's time to go to bed. And I usually have very stable nights now. Not that I didn't have stable nights before, but it was a little bit different. A loop was working a lot harder to keep me stable overnight. Now I'm just smooth sailing all night long. And that's because the impact of food has been totally removed from the equation and the impact of insulin on board has been removed. And now all I have is just basil going. So it's a lot easier for the loop to keep up with what's happening overnight. When you go to bed and you have a good blood sugar and you're stable overnight, there's a much better chance that you're going to wake up stable in the morning. So that's been a huge win for me. So that's how I manage my intermittent fasting protocol today. 
And I, I would say that I'm in maintenance now. I've lost 30 pounds from when I started. This is, you know, taking into account Noom and all the other things that I tried before, but I started at 123 pounds back in, I think it was May, 2021. And now I weigh right around 93 pounds. Now I keep to, I try to keep to a range. I don't aspire to be 93 pounds all the time. I would say that I'm happy anywhere between 93 and 97 pounds. That feels like a very maintainable, healthy weight for me. So I don't plan on changing my protocol in any way. I think that the one meal a day is perfectly sufficient. And I feel that I get enough calories and nutrients during that one meal a day to keep me going. So that's how I plan to manage my intermittent fasting going forward. Now there are days where I have to fast for fewer hours because there's some sort of event going on or just for whatever reason. So there are days maybe I'll only get in 16 hours of fasting or even only 14 hours of fasting. It just depends. And that's the one thing I really like about intermittent fasting is it's very flexible with you. So you don't have to feel like, oh, I didn't make it to 19 hours today. I'm a failure. I give up on this whole program. No, you, you miss one day and you don't get to your, your timeline. Then you go the next day and you get to, to 19 hours or some days we'll talk about other, other protocols like alternate day fasting, where you may just take a day off of eating entirely. That's another possibility. So intermittent fasting is just such a flexible way of living. And that's why I think I love it so much. That's why I don't imagine that I'll ever stop doing it. In a future episode, we'll get into changes to my medications. So I'm on, as I said before, I'm on Fiasp insulin, and that's a very fast acting insulin. For those of you who haven't heard of it, if you're on Novolog or if you're on Humalog, those take about 45 minutes to to really to peak. Fiasp, I usually give myself, I usually pre-bolus like 15 minutes before I eat. So, you know, you're saving like a half an hour there. But in any event, my insulin needs have dropped dramatically since starting intermittent fasting. So I'll get more into that as we go along. But that's something that as you lose weight, whether you're intermittent fasting or you're on any other program where you lose weight, or if you're gaining weight, you know, anytime that your weight changes when you have diabetes, you have to change your medication for the most part, especially if you're type one. So we'll talk a little bit more about how my medication has changed over, over this time that I've been doing intermittent fasting and some things that you may expect when you start your, your protocol. I just wanted to give you um, a highlight on how I manage my fasting when I started and then take you through to today. So I hope you've learned something from today's episode. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, don't forget to rate and review the podcast. And if you're interested in being a guest, please email me at fastlifewithdiabetes at gmail.com. Thanks so much. Have a great day.